The Jacksonville Jaguars take on the Houston Texans in week 15 of NFL action. Both teams sitting at 2-11 and right now, and the Jaguars favored in this one by 3.5 points, but that line continues to increase in favor of the Texans, and I say in favor of the Texans because the line keeps moving. It opened at minus 1.5, I believe. Then it was at minus 3. Now it's at minus 4.5 in favor of the Texans, so you can take the Texans plus 4.5. We'll get to that in a little bit. The over-under currently sitting at 39.5 points, which seems fairly accurate. Accurate for two offenses that rank 31st and 32nd in points per game in the NFL. But Pooch Crew, thank you for being here for episode 122 of the Poochie Podcast. And if you have not heard by now, you must have been asleep all day, maybe working the night shift. But now you're awake and you are aware that Urban Meyer is out as Jacksonville Jaguar head coach after just 14 weeks and 13 long, gruesome games as the Jaguars head ball coach. He was here for right around 11 months, just under 330 total days, went through a whole draft process, went through all of free agency, all of offseason workouts and came into the season, went 2-11 and with this Jaguars team through 13 games in 14 weeks. And Daryl Bevel will take over as interim head coach, formerly with the Seattle Seahawks as offensive coordinator, as well as in the same position with the Detroit Lions. I know as Jaguar fans, a lot of us have taken a deep breath and feel relieved by this move. But let's go through a little bit of what got us here before we jump into this Texans matchup in Week 15. A lot going on with Urban Meyer, as many of you remember, and the media will not let you forget all of the wrongdoings Urban Meyer did from week one, hiring a strength and conditioning coach from Iowa State who stepped in, who had been released from Iowa State and had kind of been on ban in the NCAA due to racial uh, issues that he was having with African-American players uh, due to various haircuts, chains, teeth things like that uh, in the program, hires him on, and he steps down one day later. That was mistake number one. He goes on throughout the rest of his tenure making controversial decisions like not running the ball on fourth and one or benching your superstar player, James Robinson, in favor of your former college running back, Carlos Hyde. Uh, in a Thursday night matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals that saw the Jaguars blow a 14-point lead to Joe Burrow in the Bengals that would come back in the second half and win the game, Urban Meyer decides to skip out on the team flight and feels that it is best for him to stay in Cincinnati to visit grandkids, and unless his grandchild is someone that he's extremely close with, so much so to be able to put his hand on her butt, he was not with his grandkids as far as what the videos and pictures have shown us he was enjoying some time at one of his bars up in the Columbus Ohio area enjoying some time up there and as a head coach of a team that at the time had zero wins not a good look for Urban Meyer and Shad Khan came out at that moment in October claiming he had to earn our respect back and he did not do that any way shape or form more and more continued to come out before the week 14 matchup after week 13 Players on the Rams coming out saying Jaguar players were coming up to them frustrated by the situation in Jacksonville, uncomfortable with Urban Meyer as their coach. Urban Meyer coming out and calling his coaches losers, asking them to explain their resumes. And even so much as so to get into it with veteran wide receiver Marvin Jones to the point where he leaves practice and has to get assistant coaches to pull him back to the facilities. The final straw, however, 
came just recently when former kicker Josh Lambeau came out and described the situation in preseason when Urban Meyer decided to kick him, physically kick him, in what Lambeau described as a 5 out of 10 effort kick or power kick. He said it was not a workplace type kick. It was not a fun joking type kick. It was an aggressive, hey, make your kicks dipshit type kick. And Josh Lambeau responds with, hey, don't ever kick me again. Expletive in the middle of that. And Urban Meyer says, I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you if I want to kick you. Josh Lambeau then does a sit down with local Jacksonville media uh, news channel, First Coast News. And then at midnight 30 on uh, Wednesday night going into Thursday, Urban Meyer gets fired by Shad Khan. So the, the Josh Lambeau sit down really seems to be the final straw. And I don't know about you as a Jaguar fan. It does kind of feel like a breath of fresh air. I was one at the beginning that felt Urban was going to have a difficult time adjusting to the NFL culture, just as far as having control over a team. He continued to call the Jaguars a program. I think his perception coming into Jacksonville was a little bit skewed as far as how the NFL worked with building a team and building a roster. He took over and assumed the position over a completely terrible roster, for lack of a better term, and he was expected to do great things with it. And to be honest with you, if he had a different attitude, if he had his head on straight, I feel like maybe he could have done something great with this team and with this city. However, I will say this. My perception of Urban Meyer is he can be a good head coach, but he is a bad leader, qualifying him as now a bad head coach. You cannot be a good head coach without being a good leader and he did not have good leadership skills. He was not a leader of men. He was a leader of boys and teens and the college level, and he came into the NFL expecting to be able to do the same, and that did not work for him. So good riddance to Urban Meyer. Excited to see him no longer uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars and an opportunity for the Jaguars to go out and maybe sign a head coach with a little bit more NFL experience, possibly an up-and-coming head coach that's excited and passionate about this job, not someone already established, maybe someone already established. We'll have another video come out shortly about what we think are the best options going forward for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But for now, it will be Daryl Bevel assuming head coaching responsibility. And he has four games left to put on paper why he should be titled permanent head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars and drop the interim title. We've seen it happen in the past, but it doesn't happen as frequently as you would think. So Daryl Bevel has the Texans coming up in week 15, the Jets in week 16, the Patriots week 17, and then that extra week 18 game January 9th against the Indianapolis Colts. Two winnable games on the schedule if he somehow rallies this team together, potentially three if we somehow can upset the Colts and stop Jonathan Taylor in week 18. I'm assuming week 17 is already a bit of a loss, but we'll jump into this matchup that Daryl Bevel takes on the Houston Texans in week 15 of the NFL. And it's important to note when looking at this matchup that both teams are on substantial losing streaks and both teams' previous wins were against playoff contenders with the uh, Tennessee Titans losing to the Houston Texans in week 11, 22 to 13, and the Jaguars upsetting the Buffalo Bills a few weeks before that, 9 to 6. The Jaguars are now on a five game losing streak, and to make matters worse, the Jaguars have scored 17 points or less in each of their last games leading up to week six. So from week six on, they have not scored 17 or more, and their last time scoring 17 or more 
was 23-20 win over the Miami Dolphins. So this offense has not been able to put up points. Sadly enough, five of their first six games, they did score over 17 points. So that's something to make note of. Over their last seven, the Jaguars have lost 31-7 to Seattle, beat Buffalo 9-6, lost to Indianapolis 23-17, San Francisco 30-10, Atlanta 20-14, Los Angeles Rams 37-7, and Tennessee most recently 22-0. And that 20-0 goose egg was the Jaguars' first shutout since 2009 when they lost 41-0 against the Seattle Seahawks. So not a good way for Urban Meyer to go out. I guess in his shoes, there was no good way to go out, but he left the Jaguars uh, breaking the sixth longest active streak for not getting shut out with a 20-0 loss against a Derrick Henry-less Titans. And quite frankly, in a game where the Jaguars defense kept them in it down 10-0 at halftime and gave the offense every opportunity to come back and they just simply could not put it together. The Texans last five go as follows. 17-9 against Miami in a loss. 22-13 against Tennessee in a win. Then 21-14 loss to New York. 31-0 loss to Indianapolis and 33-13 loss to Seattle. That Seattle game was a lot closer in the first half. Seattle definitely pulled away towards the end, but the uh, Houston Texans only scoring 27 combined points over their last three games, uh, averaging nine points per game over their last three uh, slow offenses here. For example, Jaguars have scored 64 points in their last seven, averaging just 9.1 points per game in those seven games. So if you're looking at these two teams on paper points per game for the season, the Jaguars 13.8 points per game, the Texans 13.6 points per game, which ranks 32nd in the NFL, and Jacksonville is just ahead of them at 31st. These teams are averaging under two touchdowns a game. That is completely embarrassing. And if you look at the defensive side of the ball, these teams are allowing points in, in bunches. The Jaguars allowing 26.2 points per game on defense, and the Texans allowing 27.4 points on defense, which ranks 30th with Jacksonville at 27th. But let's take a look at the offense real Real quick, Davis Mills will be leading this Houston Texans team when it comes to Jacksonville on Sunday. And on the season, he has eight touchdowns, eight interceptions, an 81.1 rating and 6.4 yards per attempt, which all rank pretty well compared to Trevor Lawrence's number numbers on the season. And guess what? Davis Mills was drafted 67th and Trevor Lawrence was drafted first overall. So when you look at the value there, Davis Mills definitely has Trevor Lawrence beat, but Trevor Lawrence's supporting cast is equally as bad, if not worse, than Davis Mills. Trevor Lawrence on the season, as you've heard by now, had a four-interception game in Week 14 against the Titans, his first four-interception game, but he has nine touchdowns, 14 interceptions, and just a 68.9 rating on the season. Completely embarrassing for the first overall pick. However, what I will say is he had three interceptions Week 1 against the Texans and four interceptions in Week 14 against the Titans. So half of his interceptions on the season have come in two games, which tells me for the most part, when he's not pressing the ball downfield and not trying to make things happen, he is protecting the ball. He is just not scoring either. It's do or die for him, I guess. Week one against the Texans, three touchdowns accompanied by three interceptions. Last week, zero touchdowns accompanied by four interceptions. By far his worst game as an NFL player, as a rookie in this league, 
And when you look at some of the other rookies and what they're doing, including Mac Jones, it's difficult as a Jaguars fan to watch what's happening right now with Trevor Lawrence. Hopefully with Urban Meyer being gone, we can see some more progress for Trevor Lawrence moving forward because we really have to week 14, like I mentioned, four picks, 221 yards and a 35.5 rating averaging less than six yards per attempt, 5.5 to be exact. To make matters worse, James Robinson, who is the team's number one player on offense, best running back, uh, one of the top 10 running backs in the league in 2020, has not been playing that way over the last five to six games, albeit due to Urban Meyer benching him in favor of Carlos Hyde, who is ripping cobwebs off himself. He's so old in this league at this point. But eight total rushing yards for the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 14 against the Tennessee Titans with a rookie quarterback that's not going to work. If you want to look at four interceptions for Trevor Lawrence, take a look at the rushing stats and why this team could not get the ball moving through the air. Well, you don't have to worry about protecting against the run when the offensive line can't block. Eight total rushing yards. James Robinson, six carries for four yards is absolutely absurd. To make matters worse, another game with more than eight penalties. I think that makes it seven, maybe eight on the year. Nine penalties for 95 yards. This team is completely undisciplined when it comes to on-the-field matters. They continue to hold. They continue to block in the back. They just continue to get penalized all over the place, and it doesn't help them win, obviously, being 2-11. and 11. It's just ridiculous. As far as the receivers go for the Jaguars, Marvin Jones, six catches for 70 yards, but let me preface that with this. He had a 33-yard catch right before halftime, so really five catches for right around 37 yards in that Week 14 game against the Titans. Uh, Laquan Treadwell continues to impress me. Four catches for 68 yards for Laquan Treadwell. Those are the offensive numbers for the Jags. We ran through what Davis Mills has been able to do. Week 14 against the Seahawks for Davis Mills was a pretty impressive game. 331 yards, 6.8 yards per attempt, and a touchdown for a 93.2 rating. However, what I will say is the Texans have allowed 37 sacks so far this season, which ranks 27th in the league. And they're going up against a Jags rush defense that has 24 sacks on the season. Not numbers to write home about. However, in week 14, the Jaguars had four sacks and 10 quarterback hits against Ryan Tannehill. So if they can get some of that juice and some of that power into week 15 coming back home to Jacksonville, it would be a very big win for the Jaguars to pressure a quarterback who is also a young quarterback in this league in Davis Mills. Now, the Texans' run uh, run offense will be without Rex Burkhead, who led the way in Week 14 against the Seahawks, but they will have David Johnson coming back, who missed the last two games. However, David Johnson has not rushed for more than 40 yards one time this season in games that he played, accompanied by Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman will be playing in his third game for the Houston Texans after missing his first game with the Houston Texans three weeks ago. He had 11 carries last week against the Seahawks, but only for 15 yards. And the real X factor to look out for is going to be Brandon Cooks, who had eight catches for 101 yards this season. Now, that stat may mislead you. Brandon Cooks is not a 100-yard receiver consistently in this league. However, against this pass defense, Brandon Cooks is someone to look out for. This pass defense, 101.6 rating allowed to opposing quarterbacks, ranks 30th in the NFL, 7.8 yards per attempt, ranks 27th in the NFL, and 70.6 completion percentage, ranks dead last in the NFL, not to mention only five interceptions from this secondary all season, which is 29th in the league. So the uh, 
Texans offense through the air could have a pretty solid day against a Jaguar secondary who has struggled mightily all season. I'm not surprised by that either. Shaquille Griffin is really the bright spot of this defense, accompanied by Rayshon Jenkins over the top at safety. When it gets to the Texans pass defense, they are a lot more stout than you would actually believe, only allowing 91.4 rating to opposing quarterbacks. They have 14 interceptions on the year, which is sixth in the NFL. Count it sixth in the NFL. And they do only allow 65.8 completion percentage, which is 16th in the NFL. So pass defense for the Texans is actually middle of the road, except for yards per attempt. They also allow 7.8 yards per attempt. Russell Wilson in week 14 against this Texans team, obviously a top 10, top 15 quarterback in the league, 9.3 yards per attempt. 115.2 rating for Russell Wilson in that week 14 game that saw the the uh, Seahawks win 33-13 over the Texans. Russell Wilson did his part. Now the Texans pass rush does have 37 sacks. So if you're not going to protect over the top as a pass defense, your pass rush has to get home and they have 37 sacks on the season, which ranks fifth and they're going up against a Jags offensive line that has shown to be Swiss cheese over the last few months with Trevor Lawrence uh, standing upright, not as frequently as we would hope for. So expect this Texans pass rush to get home and expect the Texans pass defense to play well as well. When it comes to the rush defense, this is where the Jaguars have to win the football game. The, the the Texans pass rush, allowing almost five yards per carry, which is tied for 31st in the NFL, and 22 rushing touchdowns on the season, which is 31st in the NFL. James Robinson has to get on the ground and has to get moving. And hopefully with the departure of Urban Meyer and having Daryl Bevel as the head coach with play calling, hopefully they, they recognize James Robinson as a key piece to this offense, and they run James Robinson as much as humanly possible. That's what the hope is. As far as the Jags rush defense, four, four yards per carry allowed, which is fifth in the NFL, but they have allowed 17 touchdowns on the ground, which is about seven more than three weeks ago. Seven of those have come in the last three or four weeks, ranks 29th in the NFL. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. It's not going to be a game on everyone's television set come Sunday afternoon at one o'clock. I'm excited. We have Thursday night football this week. We have some Saturday games as well. College bowl season is coming up too, but the Jaguars Texans is going to be a key game when determining the NFL draft order come April. Both these teams sit at two and 11, not sure how the rest of the season is going to shake out but the Texans have already beaten the Jaguars once this season. If they beat them a second time, that would almost solidify the Jaguars drafting ahead of the Texans come April, just behind the Lions, or maybe even in front of the Lions, depending on what they do over their last four games. Now, looking at some betting trends, the Jags are 4-9 against the spread this year, but just 1-5 at home. So 3-4 and four on the road for the Jaguars, 1-5 at home. Not that great of a record for the Jaguars on home turf. And they've only been favored one time this year, which came week one at Houston, where they were favored by three and a half and they lost by 16 points. So I don't know what to expect in this game when it comes to that statistic. The Houston Texans are five and eight against the spread, but just two and four on the road. So both these teams have played better opposite of where they are this week. 
Uh, Texans two and four on the road. When it comes to the over-under, over-under is 39 and a half. I don't know if that's going to move. If it does, I would imagine it's going to decrease towards the 39, 38 and a half number because over the last 13 games, the 13 games this season for the Jags, the Jags have hit the under 11 times and only hit the over two times. So they're two and 11 in favor of the under and the Texans are five and eight in favor of the under in their 13 games. So all signs are pointing to a low scoring game going back to those points per game statistics. However, both defenses have shown to be a little bit shaky when it comes to Sunday's game against the Texans. I expect this to be an extremely low scoring game. I expect the Jaguars and Texans total to be under the Jaguars team total under should be under as well. But I expect the Jaguars to win this game 17, 16. And I say that for a few reasons, but the main reason is Urban Meyer is gone. This team will be motivated to put on for its home crowd because fans show up for the team and not the coach. And these players want to prove to these fans that it is worth showing up for on Sundays to support the Jacksonville Jaguars, no matter who the head coach is, but show up to support these players. And I think that's what the fans are going to do on Sunday. They have a good favorable matchup against the Texans. I think Trevor Lawrence will have some favorable play calling. I think James Robinson should get over 20 carries as well as over 100 yards. I'm excited to see him put in some work this Sunday against the Texans. But other than that, nothing going on in this game. No other real storylines. But I hope you enjoyed this Jaguars-Texans preview. Please subscribe to the channel. Please follow us on your preferred podcast streaming platform. Good riddance to Urban Meyer and go make this world a better place.